The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to another episode of Sharp Lessons. We are Stadium's sports betting podcast, virtually, instead of in the studio this week. It's Nate Jacobson on the other side of the screen. I'm Ben Wittenstein. Nate, uh, how are you? Got a big uh, trip planned this weekend? Yeah, absolutely. Going to the Mizzou at Auburn, a football game where Auburn is a seven-point favorite. I'm a Mizzou grad, so going with a group of friends from college, kind of a, a reunion and a a tour of SEC road stadiums for uh, Mizzou opponents. So wanted to record this early as we're doing this on Wednesday, Wednesday evening, and it'll be out Thursday morning along with my NFL article, and then we'll have our college article Friday. So still the same amount of shows and articles, just maybe a little bit moved up. So we have a little less information now. By the time you listen to this, maybe some lines move, but wanted to put out our favorite plays so far this week uh, for NFL week three and of course college football week four. Yeah. Very exciting stuff. And uh, really you're going to have to send me some texts from Auburn from that Mizzou game. Cause that's going to be uh, <laughs> it's going to be a wild time. I feel like Mizzou really wants to be part of the sec and they wanted to be part of the sec. So now they're, uh, they're part of it. They're in it. Yeah. I mean, they won the uh, sec East their first uh, two or Look three years in the, in the conference. So I think they put themselves at the, uh, the big kids table right away and it has been tough sledding for the program since then but uh, hopefully for my sake and my friend's sake uh, Eli Drinkwitz can turn the program around and maybe we'll start talking about Mizzou games on this podcast because they're playing big games because I feel like that has not even been close to the case um, with the current program yeah I mean we talk about Indiana games and they stink so we could talk about Mizzou games. If you ever feel confident in them losing in a specific way, I think that's the play to do it. I think that's that's the right move. I will certainly let you know. Uh, let's get to our picks then. College football picks. We'll do college football picks, then we'll get to some NFL picks. Um, you have a you have a good amount of NFL picks. And again, I said I'm not going to do any sides in the NFL. I have a couple sides because I can't even trust myself. I'm I'm not a smart person. So we'll get to that in a couple minutes. But let's start with college football. Um, I'll start with Minnesota rowing the boat minus three and Nate, I don't know if I would do this any higher than minus three for Minnesota going on the road against Michigan state and East Lansing, but I really do like the golden Gophers. I, I think they ha their offense has the possibility to really run over this Michigan state defense. That's already reeling from their game at Washington where Michael Penix just destroyed that secondary. I think Minnesota can do the same. Um, they have a great running game that I think is going to help with their passing game. And I truly believe that three is probably uh, as high of a number to go, but I think they can cover it. Minnesota, Nate, is 31st in the country. So they're top 50, top 40 in yards per pass attempt. MSU is in the bottom half in yards per pass attempt and 78th in opponent's yards per completion. So I'm going to go Minnesota. I think they can pass. I think they can run all over this Michigan State defense. The minus three seems like a reasonable number to me. Yeah, I like the idea of that bet. I'm just a little worried about the number and worried that Minnesota 
not sure what they are just because of who they've played. New yep. Mexico State, Western Illinois, Colorado last week. So if they're good, I mean, they did dominate who was in front of them, and you can only play who you're against. I'm just worried they're getting maybe a little bit too much credit when we're not sure about them. But um, I'm definitely down to fade Michigan State when you have a chance. I know I, I regret not betting more on Washington last week in a game where I, I felt strongly about even in the summer when I said Washington over their win total, Michigan State maybe under. Uh, so I can't talk you out of that play. Uh, just the numbers, just a little a little bit scary, in my opinion, trusting Minnesota and P.J. Fleck to go on the road and cover uh, cover as a favorite. I'll go with my first pick and a team we've definitely never talked on the podcast because they were nope. not in the FBS level last year. And it's James Madison. And, and we did talk about this game a little bit on the Tuesday podcast. And it's a, more of a play against App State, the triple hangover spot. We called it. Um, they they played week one in-state opponent, North Carolina, lost 63-61, one of the craziest games of the year. Uh, lost the game, though. And then they had a expected letdown spot, I think, in week two, going to Texas A&M. And they end up winning that game, 18.5-point underdog, steal game way away from Texas A&M. Then last week, with game day in town, they beat Troy on a Hail Mary. So you had those three big games to start the year. And now you, you're stay at home, but I feel like this naturally there's going to be a lull. And James Madison was a power in the FCS level, would always lose to North Dakota State in the championship game um, when they would play the FCS playoffs. So there's a lot of uncertainty about James Madison, if they can compete in the Sun Belt and, and playing those you know consistent FBS level of teams through a 12-game season. But they started off 2-0. and They're off a bye. I just think because they have a good program, solid culture there, that there's a lot of potential for this team to maybe be better than the market thinks. And because of that, I'm going to play James Madison. It'll be a best bet at the end of the show. I'll make that official. But we're going to play James Madison plus seven or better. And also going to be part of the uh, Dogs with Bite segment because I definitely like the idea of betting a team with a high upside in James Madison on the money line in a really bad spot for App State. Yeah, I like it. I, the logic there makes sense. At some point, you would think App State is going to falter, and this might be it against James Madison. It's certainly possible because of how, you know, they could have lost against Troy at home on game day day. So I think anything with this App State team is certainly possible with the way that they play. I'm going to go over in a game – that I'm not 100% sure why the total went so low. Maybe there's an injury that I wasn't aware of, but it's Mississippi State Bowling Green. The total at one point was at 57, and Nate, it's at 52 now. So I'm just going to buy back and take the over on this Mississippi State team. It's Bowling Green is 3-0 and on overs this season, so they, they have no issue hitting the over. And the only reason why is their defense is terrible. They're, they have a really bad defense. They give up a ton of points per game. And Mississippi State, to their credit, they have a, a decent offense. Will Rogers has been impressive this year, and they didn't look great against LSU. And that was on the road. That's a tough game. 16 points only for them in that one. But the other two games against lesser opponents, they look pretty solid. And I think in a game like this, coming off a tough loss against LSU, Mike Leach and company, they're going to air it out. It, it's going to be an offensive juggernaut for Mississippi State. I mean, I, they may even come close to covering this 52 themselves. I, I could see a mid-40s upper 40s type of game, 45, 48 points for Mississippi State. 
And Bowling Green will get theirs. Mississippi State's defense isn't anything to write home about. So 52 seems like a, a little bit of a low number to me. Yeah, I'm not sure on the total, but early in the week when I was doing my research and trying to find games for situation of the week, I was thinking, oh, Mississippi State, this is a perfect time, a sandwich game for them because they yeah. played at LSU last week. If it, it definitely could have been a sandwich game if they won that game, but they lost a game they were leading. And I don't really know what happened. I was watching other games and, and something happened, I guess, or LSU figured it out against Mississippi State. But next week, Mississippi State hosts Texas A&M. So Bowling Green would have been a classic sandwich game. However, Bowling Green is coming off a monster win as a 17-point underdog against Marshall, a team who was on a hangover spot against Notre Dame the week before. <laughs> yeah, so these true. are two teams I want to bet against. So in terms of total, not really sure what that means, but two teams that I wish they weren't playing each other, so I could have potentially bet against both of them um, in tough situational spots based on their uh, week three results or and or uh, what they have coming up in week five with uh, Mississippi State having a big home game against uh, an A&M team that I'm sure they would love to beat up while A&M is kind of reeling. Yeah, I think this is just taking advantage of a number that dropped significantly. I mean, five points in a total drop through some through decent key numbers. So hopefully Mississippi State's offense can can finally air it out and, and find some space and breathing room after a tough LSU game and maybe even cover it themselves. All right, I'm going to go again with a side, and it's going to be a best bet at the end of the show. Ooh. It might piss off a lot of people. I'll make them yeah. mad. But it's going I'm to excited. be Oregon State. I bet earlier today at plus seven. If you can find plus plus seven still, go for it. Let's grade it for best best purposes at six and a half minus 110, just because that's kind of the consensus number. And I know not everyone can buy half a point for 10 cents on their sports book, but there is a sports book that either is dealing minus seven or you could buy easily. So DM me if you want to know what that is. But yeah, Oregon State is the play for me. Just like this number. And they're playing USC. I don't know if I brought it. So it's it's kind of like a fade, I guess, of USC, a team I bet under nine and a half regular season wins before the year. Obviously a little Same. worried about that bet because the offense has hit the ground running. Owen games against Rice, Stanford, and Fresno State. Even I think talked about a little bit last week how I was le- looking at Fresno State. Um, and, and USC won and, and deserved to cover, but the star quarterback for Fresno State, Jake Hayner, got injured early second half and kind of re, uh, the wheels fell off for them and the backup quarterback was, wasn't going to get closer in, in margin USC to potentially cover. But I think the, the fate of USC here is on their defense, a defense that has been very opportunistic, forcing 10 turnovers this year. But we know a high amount of turnovers is unsustainable. And now you're going to Corvallis, a late night game. It's a much different atmosphere for a defense that has some question marks and just not a lot of experience playing with each other because they hit the transfer portal so hard. I think Oregon State under Jonathan Smith, the head coach I respect a lot, an offensive mind, former quarterback at Oregon State, he can scheme something up to get by and and go score for score with USC's offense. So I know you're going to make a case for points, and I think if we get points, that means Oregon State is kind of showing resistance and keeping, um, I'm not going to say stop Caleb Williams, but at least matching him on each drive. And I I think there's a real chance Oregon State could win 
win this game before the season when I was thinking like which games USC could lose lose probably would have thought I was crazy saying going to go playing Oregon State just because on paper the perception of Oregon State's not that high but it's a better program than a lot of people think they're well coached and that's a raucous atmosphere and we've seen Pac-12 teams before going up to the Pacific Northwest in tough travel spots and falling flat on their face or even teams from the Northwest going to like the Arizona schools or the schools in elevation and struggling and kind of torpedoing their chances of making the college football playoff and I can see that being the case for Lincoln Riley's team on Saturday night out in Oregon. So give me Oregon State. We'll grade it for best best purposes at six and a half. Yeah, I, I like all the logic is there for you, Nate, especially the fact that USC's defense is bad. And that's the main reasoning behind me going over 70 and a half. It's the best number I could find. And it's been going up. It started at 68, creeped up 69. Now it's at 70 and a half. There's some 71s here and there. Uh, I, it's not a it's not a pretty play. This is kind of a gross play to make. 70 and a half is a lot of points. Last year's game went uh, 72, I think, was last year's game total. So it can be done. It has been done. And I think the ingredients are right for this game to go over 70 and a half again. Like you said, USC's defense is nothing to write home about. Nothing good. They haven't really shown any resistance to even lesser opponents that they've played. And Oregon State, to their credit, Solid offense. They score points. They can put points on the board. So I, I don't think USC is going to be able to stop an Oregon State offense. And we know what USC's offense can do. They're good for 30 to 40 points every single game for the most part. On the road, Corvallis, like you said, at night, maybe a little bit tougher. Maybe we'll see Caleb Williams struggle a little bit. But you're not going to fully stop him, especially with how the, this offense has really been churning lately. I think over 70 and a half, if you're not going to take Oregon State or if you're a little hesitant on picking a side, I think the over in this game, despite it being so high, I think is the right move. Yep, I think we're kind of agreement in this game where we're going to see a lot of points in a game that will go down to the wire. My third pick, and I'm not going to make it a show best bet. I'm kind of waiting to see if the number gets a little bit better. And it's probably a, another game where people might not like the pick. And it's super contrarian. But Kansas State plus 13. I guess the reason people might not like this is because if they – they tailed my Nebraska plus 11 and a half last week against Oklahoma. That went down in flames quickly, even though Nebraska gets out to that seven, nothing lead fourth a three and out quick touchdown. Like, Oh, maybe there's something to them being motivated. Then after that, Oklahoma absolutely obliterated them. But Kansas <laughs> state coming off a loss, a really bad loss to Tulane, but a, a game where I think they were kind of looking ahead to this game, the conference opener, against one of the favorites to win the conference, Oklahoma. But I think Kansas State, off that bad loss in, in terms of my win total bet at, at six and a half, that, that was a tough, tough one. Hopefully they can make it up in some other way on the Big 12 schedule. I also bet them to win the Big 12 at a long shot price of 18 to one, thinking that conference is pretty open. So there's still time for them to kind of salvage those bets. It probably has to start Saturday night in Norman, not the best you know, not likely, I guess, to win outright, catching 13 on the road. But I think because of the results last week with Oklahoma winning big, Kansas State in a potential look-ahead spot, falling flat on their face, I think there's some uh, buy-low opportunity on Kansas State. We get their best effort, and we get them at a number that wouldn't have existed if those results happened. So I like Kansas State here in this underdog role. Plus 13, not a best bet for now, but I do. I might tweet out or add to my spreadsheet that I have, or you can find the link on Twitter, that Kansas State's a play 
because of that 13 now, I kind of want to see if the next move is towards 13 and a half and ultimately 14. But I could also see it going to 12 or 12 and a half just because Chris Kleiman's team, I still think, gets some respect from betters in that underdog spot. All right, my final college football pick uh, that's not a best bet, Nate. Let's do the uh, opponents of Clemson. I think this is going to be a pretty fun game, to be honest, this weekend. Clemson-Wake Forest um, should be a pretty fun one, one of, one of the top games of the weekend. But let's go Let's go to the team total for Wake Forest, 23 and a half. I'm going to go under. Let's go under for Wake Forest for 23 and a half. And this is, this is pretty much a play on Clemson's defense and what Clemson brings to the table. And they've shown that they are still capable defensively without Brent Venables at the helm this season. Now, some of their opponents haven't been at the level of Wake Forest, but Clemson's been able to, uh, they've been able to pressure the quarterback. They've been getting, they've been getting turnovers and Wake Forest to me, even playing at home, this Clemson team is really seeming like they're kind of figuring themselves out. They're starting to become that top five Clemson team that, uh, that everyone kind of expected them to be this season. So the under Wake Forest 23 and a half team totals a play for me. Yeah, I mean, I think in this game, the best way to bet it is betting on Clemson's off or defense to do well, just because that's the, the strength of the unit. Obviously, Wake Forest has Sam Hartman back from the uh, non-football injury or an injury that sounded or a, a medical issue that sounded a lot worse than it was when we heard. So it's great to have him back in, in college football. Because uh, Wake Forest was a fun team last year, but uh, it's a team that I think uh, at, at the ex- expectations that they have right now is a team that I want to kind of short in terms of um, if they were a stock, just because they had such a magical season last year. And outside of Hartman, there's definitely a lot of question marks. All right, dogs with bite. <laughs> Listen yeah. to the dogs, Nate. Who are some underdogs we like this weekend? Well, I, I just explained Nate, the two. Both, and, honest. Uh, JMU. Oregon State, going to definitely have a money line parlay for them. Last week, that money line parlay was Western Kentucky and Nebraska. One leg should have won. One leg had no chance. So even if Western Kentucky did win, uh, it wouldn't, ha- wouldn't have any chance. I, I want to give you a, just a floating idea out here about a dog with bite because I don't like too many other underdogs, but how about Duke plus seven and a half Ooh. against Kansas? Kansas fade Kansas operation fade yeah. Kansas. Now are you go, are you going money line or you think it's spread? Oh, that's the thing. I don't know. That's the thing. I guess that's not maybe a team. I don't know. Maybe, why not? Like who is Kansas to be a who is Kansas to be a seven point favorite just because they won three games and and now they're. <laughs> They're like people think they're actually good. I know the wins they had were legit winning at West Virginia and at Houston, but now I feel like there's some pressure on them that they're not the underdog anymore. They're not the hunter anymore. They're the hunted and they haven't won many many games lately. So um, I guess Duke, who is also three and oh, somehow already pushed on their regular season win total. Mike Elko looks like he's doing a great job in Durham. Uh, so I think that's kind of the other team I'm looking towards. A team where I don't think has been talked about much uh, this week is a potential underdog game. I think everyone's like, oh, two basketball schools are 3-0. and What a story. But I don't think anyone's <laughs> had like a real take on the game. So let's go contrary again. And uh, maybe if you want to go really wild with your college football underdog money line parlay, want to get a third team in, maybe add Duke or 
a round robin it with the uh, the Dukes of JMU and the Beavers of Oregon State. Yeah, that's it's an interesting play because this number was a nine earlier on in the week. So Duke right. has been getting some money. And I, I think it's still a solid bet for them at, at plus seven, plus seven and a half, because this is this is the best number Kansas will probably be at for most of the season. Oh, yeah. And this, this is probably the longest favorite they will be. And, and they've been impressive. They've been really good. They had uh, they had a stat that was really surprising to me um, that I can't find now, but it was a really impressive offensive stat that they had. Uh, they kind of just showed how impressive their offense has been. But Duke's kind of, you know, in that similar uh, similar school where it's like it's a team that no one believed in. They're kind of rolling. They look a lot better, and it's like legit improvement than what they have been in the past. So who's to say they can't upset Kansas? It would be a very Kansas thing to happen. For them to lose to Duke. Duke's already beat Northwestern. So this could this could be a, a Cinderella season for Duke. Yeah, truly. Uh, pretty crazy uh, times in college football. Seeing Duke and Kansas being a, a semi-popular game on the slate. If that game was played a year or two ago, then it'd be one of the uglier games. Absolutely. So those are our dogs with bite. Uh, what, what, what else do we want to go to next? We have the sexy pick. Yeah. We have our sexy pick of the week, and we're going to go to Tennessee. Yes, the Tennessee Volunteers host the Florida Gators. Tennessee, a double-digit favorite right now, 10.5, 11. The balls have gotten bet up a little bit throughout the week. And I think they've become a sexy pick. And I think the idea of the sexy pick, and we've talked before, is like a pick that's popular, but maybe kind of be tread too popular. And I think the reason why you tread lightly is – even though Tennessee has started off the season well and the offense looks great, and Florida the last two games, losing to Kentucky and, and getting outplayed really by USF is big favorites and needing a late miss field goal to avoid overtime against USF. And Anthony Richardson just not playing well the last two games. Tennessee has lost this game 16 of the last 17 times the two teams have met. Even the years when Florida Jeez. was down – with Will Muschamp, Jim McElwain, Dan Mullen. Tennessee hasn't been able to figure out. And I know Tennessee was also down some of those years. But like six, seven years ago, I think their last win actually was six years ago against Florida to get the monkey off their back. But, I mean, Tennessee was kind of trending well. And I know lately they've been good and, and they're starting to turn things around, but they did have a lull. But historically, Tennessee really struggles against this team. I think there's a scenario where if, if they are clearly the better team, they're not going to take their foot off the gas. But at the same time, now they're expected to win by a lot against a Florida team that maybe people are starting to jump ship off after that week one win against Utah and how they failed to meet expectations the last two weeks. So It, it seems like one of those, those games where it's like you just play the number. You, do, you don't look at the teams. You, you play the number. That's a high number. That's a high right. number in a game where they haven't had much success. And I, and I I don't think Florida is that good right now. So I, I'm not surprised where this number is we're coming from. Mm -hmm. I just don't know if I feel comfortable laying the number. Uh, more like a mental thing in terms of backing Tennessee to win by double digits in a game that they've only won once since 2004. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring... The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Time for the NFL. Let's go to Sunday's games, Nate. I uh, said on Tuesday I'm not going to pick a side anymore for the rest of my life in the NFL, and I already have a side. And you convinced me of this side, I'll be honest. It was not a game I was really interested in. I put a lot of money on on the Colts' money line last week, and they failed in spectacular fashion against the Jaguars. But there was a time on Wednesday they were plus seven, and you're you're like it's too good of a number to pass up. You convinced me, so I I kind of like the Colts plus seven. Yeah, so we're recording this show. It's 4:45 Central right now on Wednesday, September 21st, and just in the last 15 minutes, the Colts plus six and a half and mostly plus six have gone away. And we're looking at pretty much five and a half across the board. Ooh. So I bet it at plus seven on Tuesday, mentioned yep. on the Tuesday podcast that I was likely going to bet it at plus seven. I, I just noticed after the show, there was only one sports book that had plus seven left. So I wanted to hop on that with the expectation that Michael Pittman would be able to give it a go this week. And he did practice in a limited fashion today. And I think that's what's kind of caused this line and now dip under six. So, like the Colts, but let's go back to like kind of the handicap of this game and why I like the Colts in the first place, even at like six and a half. And it just basically was a numbers play. The idea that even though the Colts have started off 0-1-1 and looked horrible against the Jaguars without the aforementioned Pittman, I still want to keep some of my preseason assessment on them, that they're above an above average AFC team that they are still the team to beat in the AFC South. And because they played so poorly in Jacksonville, this line adjusted at 1.4 points from a a look ahead of Chiefs minus three to minus seven. So I think it's one of those things in the NFL when a team looks horrible and embarrassing and no one wants them because they've had one bad week, they become a valuable bet especially early in the season, the next week. Sometimes late in the season, it doesn't really matter because the teams quit. They're not going to make the playoffs. But there's still a ton to play for for the Colts. If you look at the AFC South division odds, they're not the odds-on favorite anymore at minus money, but they're still the the t- top team on that list. It's an uninspiring list, but they're still the expected, I guess, or slight favorite to potentially make the playoffs. So, Still a lot to play for for the Colts. I'd expect a lot better effort. Jonathan Taylor to have a big game against the Chiefs' run defense That in the past few years. That's been their way to beat the Chiefs' defense, and it's a way to also have possession of the ball and keep Patrick Mahomes off the field and on the sidelines. So uh, Colts plus 5.5. I'm going to remove it from best bet consideration because it moved, but I would hold off on betting this game now because it's gone down, if you agree with me betting the Colts. Maybe yeah. if there's some injury uncertainty for the Colts by the time this you listen to this and Sunday, and we can get a plus six, you can go back and play the Colts at plus six 
instead of taking five and a half right now. So Colts are already a bet for me. If you can get sec plus six or better, I would go ahead and play that on Indianapolis. But I think there's just a little bit of an overreaction right now that's kind of corrected himself in the market in the last hour with this line moving from Colts plus six and a half and plus six to pretty much a, a painted five across the board. Yeah, I like it. I, they disappointed me so much on Sunday against the Jaguars that it's, you know, looking at it, it's like I don't think I would take anything that wasn't seven or above for them just because of how bad they look and how the potential they have to get blown out. But I do like seven, and I think it makes sense. The logic follows that this is a good team. They're getting a wide receiver back. Maybe Sunday was the worst that they looked or will look all season long. So it's one of those bounce-back games. Uh, I'm going to have one, I have one total play for this Sunday, Nate. I have New Orleans and Carolina over 40 and a half. And the simple logic for me is a Matt rule and the Carolina Panthers. This is, I would imagine for Matt rule, this is kind of one of his last chance attempts. People are starting to talk. He's kind of predicted as one of those coaches. That's probably going to be one of the first ones fired. If Carolina keeps playing this way, he's never had a good start. He doesn't really have any good record behind him to, to convince people to keep him there. And for new Orleans, can Jameis play that poorly again? And can he throw that many picks again? Maybe, maybe it's Jameis Winston. So maybe he does have a fractured spine. He does. That's, that's a good point. That is a good point. But I think the thing that is going to be good. And I think Carolina is going to help carry this total is new Orleans sack percentage is one of the less, I think it's like 30th in the NFL. One of the bottom percentage teams and sack percentage, they, they struggle to get to the quarterback. And I think that's really going to help Baker Mayfield. It's going to help open up the passing game a little bit for him, which was horrendous against the Giants. There were just times he looked like he had no one to pass to. He looked like he didn't really know what was going on. He was getting pressured. So that alone, if that opens up the passing game for Baker, Carolina's offense will be able to hum a little bit better. They get it to Christian McCaffrey a little bit more. I think a 40 and a half total is just, uh, just a little bit low, a little bit low for this game. So I'm going to go over. Yeah, and, and we mentioned on Tuesday's show how NFL totals are hitting at a a 68% hit over the first 32 games or the 62% rate over the first 32 games. Yeah. So now is the time. Maybe Fade not the blindly, trend. Yeah, not blindly bet overs, but a game like this, some other games. And we, we talked about a bunch of primetime games on last episode, how some of the totals are a little low, like that Brady Rogers game, which is now at 42. There's, it's hard to bet under on some of these games now, just because the market has adjusted and corrected itself. So now there could be spots and value spots to bet over on some of these games. And this seems like as low as a total you're going to get between two teams that aren't great, but like offensively, but at least I think competent. And as long as the weather isn't an issue, um, I kind of like the look there. Being of low totals, and, and let's go into the don't be a tease segment because I don't have much else to offer right now in NFL-wise. But this is the week of the home underdog. There's nine home underdogs right now as we speak on Wednesday evening. And I was able to find six of them who kind of fit into – and they're not all home underdogs. They're just like underdogs of one-and-a-half to two-and-a-half and, and sometimes three points but kind of trending towards two-and-a-half that perfectly fit the six-point two-team teaser, where you tease through the key number of three, through the key number of eight or seven, two eight or eight and a half or seven and a half, 
And if the game is a low total where points are hard to come by, you're just basically betting uh, against a team not to win by a, a touchdown or more or a possession or more. And, and the teams that I'm looking at this week to use in teasers, the Panthers plus two and a half home against the Saints, the Tennessee Titans plus two against the Las Vegas Raiders, Tennessee's at home, the Houston Texans going to Chicago. They've been kind of bouncing between two and a half and three at three. Actually, I would probably make a case for the Texans just because I don't think much separates Houston and Chicago and, and you wouldn't give too much home field for the bears. But if Houston's two and a half teasing them up to eight and a half and asking Chicago to win by margin, uh, seems like a good bet. The Packers, if you got one and a half on the Packers, tease them up to seven and a half against the, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Ben, I know you grabbed the Packers plus three on Monday before the Mike Evans suspension news. So you have a good bet right there. So if you're late to that party, I wouldn't be taking one and a half with the Packers. I'd just be looking to tease them. And then the Falcons at the Seahawks, Falcons plus two, tease them up to eight against Seattle. I think that's a solid wager. And then Monday night, actually a number that might not exist anymore for teasers because Dallas took some money this morning, getting from plus two and a half to plus one. But if the Cowboys do get to plus one for that Monday night game, maybe you can include them in some of the teasers with those afternoon or Sunday afternoon options that I gave you. So a lot of home underdogs this week, a lot of small spreads that could be teased where if they was on a key number, I would bet the underdog. But in the case I just mentioned with those six teams, Panthers, Titans, Texans, Packers, Falcons, Cowboys will look to tease them up six points and ask the other team, the only way to beat me is to win by more than a touchdown. Yeah, I've been having bad luck with teasers. I don't know why. I don't know how. I'm like 0-3 on teasers this season. It's bad. It's been really yeah. bad. Well, well. so in week one, the popular teaser options were a lot of those road uh, favorites like the Colts and the 49ers, who I personally had in a teaser. Basically, all those teams, like the, the Bengals, even the Titans maybe, like all those teams that ruined everyone's survivor pool were, would have been popular teasers because you could have teased them down just to win the game, paired them with something else. I, I paired mine with the Vikings, which hit, but I didn't have another leg to go with it, so those were all losers. And then last week, we were on the Panthers and the Panthers teaser. The problem is my second teaser leg, because you have to have two, because you're you know six points going in your favor, and to make it minus 120, uh, you have to have two options. I had the commanders at, I believe, plus seven and a half, and they lost by nine. So, yeah, so there's been, you know, some short-term variance that didn't work out. However, both the Panthers and commanders, we gave out that teaser Thursday, and they both closed as the favorite. So we got good, advantageous numbers. They just didn't cash, so. I think uh, we're still, I'm still going to play teasers when I, I think the map makes sense. And just some um, unluckiness from two weeks won't stop me uh, to play play them, play, um, especially since at this point on Wednesday, I don't really have much else that I can give on the NFL. have a little bit of interest in another ugly underdog in the Washington Commanders and trying to maybe step in front of the Eagles train if it gets the plus seven, but I'm not ready to uh, – give that out as a bet because I think I just want more information on that game just because the Eagles, as we saw last year, took a lot of money on Sunday game day. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case now and the commanders can come in at a better number uh, before kickoff. Okay, let's talk. uh, Let's do best bets. Nate, we got a couple best bets for this weekend, all college football, surprisingly. I think it's because we're doing it a bit earlier in the week. 
But I'll start with the Clemson-Wake Forest game. I'm going to go Clemson team total over 31 and a half. Their offense has been rolling. It's averaging 44 and a half points a game this season. DJU has, he's looked good. One pick this season, six touchdowns. Completion percentage has been pretty respectable at about 65, 66%. Wake Forest defense, nothing to write home about. It's been okay, but this Clemson offense has been astounding all season long. Um, And I think people's high opinion of the Wake Forest defense is really what brought this total down to about 31 and a half. But, But Clemson should win this game probably, and they should probably get about 35 to 40 points in the process. So I'm going to go Clemson team total over 31 and a half. Yeah. And I'd probably lay with Clemson since you do like the Wake Forest team total under, Uh, but yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. I'm going to go with my two best bets. James Madison looks great at at plus seven, a fade of app state off three pretty wild games to start their season. The most recent winning on a hail Mary when college game day was in town, I'm expecting a lull from app state favored by seven against James Madison team who made the jump from FCS to FBS. So there's a lot of uncertainty about them, but I think that there's kind of a, maybe a high ceiling because there was a program that had so much success at that level and maybe they're actually good. So I like James <laughs> Madison plus the seven going to definitely put some money on the money line. I think they're pretty live to win this game. And then, Second best bet, a little bit later, Oregon State. Let's grade it at six and a half. I definitely prefer seven, but a fate of USC in their in their defense. I think the offense is legit, but because the offense has played so well, this number is a little bit inflated, so it's a good time to sell USC. I think their defense can get exposed against a very competent offense and a great coach in Jonathan Smith. And Oregon State in a really tough environment night game in Corvallis. Unless USC has a bunch of turnovers again and they force 10 in the first three games, then the bet would be in trouble. But turnovers aren't sustainable, and I think that Oregon State can have success in going score for score with Caleb Williams, Lincoln Riley, and the rest of the Trojans. So going Oregon State later on Saturday night, let's grade at plus 6.5, and and then JMU will grade at plus 7. Was going to have Colts as a best bet, but now as we record that line going from 6.5 and six to five and a half. I'm going to lay off that in terms of timing for best bets, but do have money on the Colts this week in the NFL. All right. My final pick, Nate, Oregon ducks. I have the banner. Got it like 15 years ago to Stephen Barry's for free. So I'm taking that as a sign. Take Oregon minus six and a half uh, in Pullman on the road. And, and honestly, Nate, I took Oregon week one against Georgia, huge mistake at plus 17 and a half. And I said, I believe in Bo Nix and he completely let me down. I'm really close to saying that I believe in him again. This is an incredible offensive line for Oregon. I think they have yet to give up a sack in play this season, which is they're one of the few FBS teams to do that this season. Six and a half under a touchdown favorite on the road against Wazoo. I'm going to take Oregon. I think Bo Nix is going to have the time to throw. I think this defense for Oregon has really impressed as well. This is a good team, and I I think the market still undervalues them from that loss against Georgia, which was a horrible loss. They look terrible. And I think that's kind of the last memory that people have of this Ducks team before they played some smaller schools. So I'm going to go Oregon, hopefully take advantage of a market error, minus six and a half for the Ducks on Saturday. Yep, they looked very encouraging against BYU last week. Another game where I ended up not betting it, even though because I thought the uh, maybe a little bit of a, a buy low off that bad Georgia loss, uh, I didn't end up betting it. However, Looking back at that Georgia loss, it looks like Georgia might destroy everyone by that margin. So 
No yeah. shame by Oregon. Losing nope. that game to Georgia, especially in Atlanta, basically a pseudo home game for the, the Bulldogs. So, yeah, I think Oregon might still be a buy-on team, and uh, Washington State may be playing a little bit in over their head, uh, especially after that upset win at Wisconsin. Those are our best bets. James Madison, Madison, Oregon State, Clemson team total over 31.5, Oregon minus 6.5 at Oregon State. Uh, it's around 7, 6.5 as well. So we're going to try to come back. We're going to try to get our record back to at least 500, Nate. We're 5-8 and eight for the show record. Uh, not great. I'll be the first to admit, not great for the show record. But we've bounced back before. We're going to do it again. We're going to get the 500. We may get above 500 if we go 4-0. and oh. We'll be 9-8, and eight, finally above 500. So hopefully those are good bets. Good luck on the teasers in the NFL. I think that's a good number to hit. Don't forget to read Nate's article at WatchStadium.com for all of his NFL bets. And then all of our college bets, along with Alex Simmons, uh, will come out as well at WatchStadium.com. So plenty of picks, plenty of content. Follow Stadium Bets for all the videos, podcast updates, articles, everything of the sorts. You can make some money this weekend and every weekend for football season, for that matter. And until then, good luck, and we'll see you next week. 